It's such a weird noise. <laughs> All righty. Oh, go ahead. Can you even change the the ringtone of Skype? The ringtone of Skype? I don't think so. I've never I've never tried. Um, but I suppose anything's possible if you hack it enough. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Rick? I well. How I'm mobile alive. are you? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not too bad, actually. Um, there's uh, definitely still some weakness in my back. Mm. Uh, I can't bend and twist like I used to. <laughs> gotcha. But like yesterday, I was actually. I drove for the first time yesterday. Okay. Um, that wasn't, it wasn't too bad. And and you, you went driving so you could go play games. Well, I'm using enough. I went driving so I can go to, uh, pop like games. There you go. <laughs> I didn't do that. Nice. How are they doing uh, over there? He's doing pretty good. He's, uh, packed. Oh, good. He's got... He's got quite a lot of stuff in that little store. Yeah. They're getting ready to do uh, their Christmas break uh, D&D camp. Oh, nice. For kids, uh, 10 and up. And he's got, I think he's, right now he's got nine kids that are signed up for it. That's so cool. Um, And what is the, what is the D&D thing? That has all the little animals in it. Humblewood. Yeah. Um, they sent him a ton of boxes for the kids. Aw. That's awesome. And, and another company sent him a whole bunch of dice sets. That's cool. So, yeah. And he's got he's got a local DM that's going to help out. And they're going to do a whole D&D camp for the Christmas season. That's really cool. Yeah, and I think I think he's gonna he's planning to do it in the summer as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. So he's got he's got one night that's a game night that's actually across the street, um, at the avenue, which is a it's a it's a bar club thing. Okay, they do non traditional bar events. Gotcha. And one of them is a board game night. That's pretty neat. Uh, yeah, and it's sponsored by Hoplite, so they take games over there and everything. Because his shop is it's very unique because of the how small it is. Yeah. But with his partnership with Avenue, he's got tons of room now to play uh, games and have events. Look at Rick talk. <laughs> he's making it work. Making the moves. The movers yep. and the shakers. <laughs> That's yeah. wonderful. That's great to hear. Yeah, and that, and that was like for me going out on that. It was a little bit. There was a little bit of walking involved. Yeah, a little like, bit. <laughs> just around my house. So it was definitely uh okay. I'm done. Let's go home now. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad glad you got to get out and and see some folks and 
and that uh, that robot spine is working out for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can, you can always trust the quality of the Maison Labs product line. Hijacked. <laughs> I, that was kind of a funny thread. Like when you put that up there, I was like, "Oh, that's sweet." And then all of a sudden, we we're like, "What kind of spine did I get?" Well, <laughs> thanks, guys. I'm an official product of the Maison Labs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to like cosplay if we go to like a convention or Adepticon or anything. You could just be like, <laughs> I replaced my spine at Maison Labs and all I got was this t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I need to get that shirt made. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I think I think that's 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 a fun segue into hey, you're on Dead Zone the Podcast. I'm Brian. <laughs> And I'm Rick. <laughs> Maison Labs. Welcome to the Dead Zone Podcast. Dead Zone is the sci-fi table top. Happy holidays, everybody, uh, to our, our late December show. Yes, holidays. Holy crap. Yeah. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, if you, In case you missed it, uh, what we were talking about is Rick recently had some, some surgery uh, done to, to help him with uh, uh, you know things. And um, we're pretty <laughs> sure he, he just happened to wander into a Maison Lab uh, facility and uh you know they <laughs> slap some some cybernetics on his spine and, and he's good to go yeah you know not not to lie from the whole maison labs thing though the surgery center that we went to it was very sketchy <laughs> always a fun sign <laughs> yeah like almost like you thought it was a strip mall oh okay it, now was, I had was, my ACL reconstruction surgery there as well. Yeah, I don't remember it. <laughs> Do, is is Rob was Rob Berman there wearing like three layers of glasses? <laughs> he might have been. <laughs> uh. yeah. So glad glad to hear you're on the mend and moving about some more. Uh, I am getting there. I'm getting there. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, with, with this episode being kind of our, our end of year one, um, you know, we've got a couple of uh, bits of news to, to talk about and uh, a little bit more on, you know, kind of where we're hoping to take the show kind of into the new year and uh, all sorts of other little fun things to do. So uh, we get, we'll get the news out of the way first. 
because uh, we've got a, a couple of things. And I think I'll start off with, uh, so if you've been a subscriber in the companion app, this is, this is a kind of a timely one for uh, listeners catching this before January. Uh, if you've been a subscriber to the companion app, you can go into your account page and in the banner, there's mention of that there are free downloads available for you. Uh, the, these downloads include the full PDF versions of the Firefight Command Protocols, Armada Seas of Dread, and the Kings of War Clash of Kings 2024. All of these are available for free uh, if you are subscribed to the Companion app. Uh, and that's available until January 1st. So get on that. Get your digital copy of Command Protocols. Especially, you know, it's always nice to have both options available uh, in, in my yes. preference. Uh, I love having the physical book. It's great. It's easy to flip through. But there are times where I'm like, um, you know, not not there. have to look up something really quick with a search query. And boom, I can just pull up the, the digital version. And have it's the random go. questions we get from Coach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly why that thing is awesome to have on us. Coach, I'm kind of in the middle of work, but okay, quick search. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so hop on that, uh, check it out, uh, especially if you if you're playing any of those other games as well. Uh, it's it's definitely worth it. It's a great gift from from Mantic uh, to to support their uh, you know community and and people that are are fully fully invested into. Uh, into their games, so that's that's awesome for them to do. Uh, a quick kind of tangentially related thing: uh, the it was recently announced that the Walking Dead All Out War will be coming back. Uh, yes, it is. So uh, you know, we don't we don't talk about that one as much on the show uh, in in particular because it kind of went away for a little bit. But it sounds like they were able to uh, renew the license, get some some deals going. And so the like skirmish battle style version of the Walking Dead uh, tabletop game that Mantic has had for for years it was a huge success for them uh, is going to be coming back. And so you know I think I think the the Walking Dead coming back is a hundred percent fan driven. Yeah, uh, people people love that game. Yes, and when the IP was done. It didn't stop people. No. And, it, and it's kind of funny because it was like, okay, technically speaking, in the game world, this is a dead game. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> a walking so, dead game. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna move on to new projects, so on and so forth. The community for the Walking Dead didn't skip a beat. They just kept going, and you kept seeing people playing. You saw new scenarios pop up. Um, they were they're very rabid about their game. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it was always a hit at uh, at conventions and everything to to play. Yeah. There was always like the Walking Dead challenge at uh, at Adepticon, where yep. where it was you know how how you have a set time limit. How many zombies can you take That's out? And uh, yeah, so it's really neat to, to hear that that IP is coming back. I think that's a huge uh, win for not only uh, the players, but also Mantic. 
um, you know, the it's it's one of those things there. If they're able to produce more uh, product line and its sales go great, you know, all ships rise, uh, which we always love to see. Uh, speaking of, of all ships rising, this, this segue doesn't work as well. But uh, there's a new <laughs> member to the uh, Mantic uh, company is uh, yeah. our, our good friend Andy Burtis at the Blackjack Legacy has officially joined uh, Mantic. Mantic crew. Yep, he's going to be, as I understand, doing a lot of uh, video work and kind of uh, production stuff for for the company. Uh, it's really great to see. He's he's been a huge fan and supporter of Mantic for a while. If you haven't seen his videos, go check them out. Uh, Blackjack Legacy on YouTube. Uh, as always, had uh, you know great stuff to to say and and. A lot of community-driven things uh, went through his channel. He did a, a big like firefight slow grow, and and Kings of War and all sorts of stuff. Uh, great member of the community. Great to see uh, him kind of finding a, a nice little spot for him on the on the Mantic team. Yes, indeed. I think it's awesome. All right, some more news stuff. Uh, so the Epic Scale uh, Warpath game. Warpath. It's coming in February. Yes, February 14th is when uh, 2024, the Kickstarter will be launching for the the very tiny uh, version of the Warpath <laughs> game. Uh, and so we, we've been getting uh, a few posts and, and articles about uh, some technical aspects of the game. Uh, there was the, the kind of full, like, I think they might have been like an alpha stage rule set that they put out and made available to people. They've ac- actively been working on it. Uh, it's going to be about like a 10 to 12 millimeter scale. Um, yep. And they, they have been posting some pictures of the, uh, the the models that they've been rendering up so far. Uh, they're not the final answer tank. Yes. Yep. The, the, the Lancer tank. Uh, I think that that might be the Lancer tank. I forget if that's a GCPS no, one or it's actual Lancer tank, but it looks <laughs> awfully close to a Lancer tank. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's. It looks like a little hover tank that the uh, some of the pictures that we've got so far are from the Enforcers and the Plague side of things. Um, if you haven't seen the Plague ones, go go check them out. It's it's an incredible amount of detail on how tiny these models are. <laughs> And uh, they're they're really shaping up. They they've got them displayed on like little little discs where you fit like four minis onto a onto a disc uh, for your movement tray. And uh, you know there's the holdover from Warpath. Yeah, a little bit. And because uh, I still have those bases. <laughs> and and so far, you know, they've been talking about. Um, some of the mechanics of the game and, and kind of regular posts are going to have more going throughout uh, December here into January. I think there's going to be even more news announced uh, as the new year rolls around. Uh, but they've got stuff on movement, on designing the sculpts, uh, some of the mechanics like Overwatch. And uh, I was reading up on on some of it because uh, I, I still haven't had a chance to really dive into um, the, the old rule set um, yet. But um, or, or the new rule set that that's been worked on, uh, but it's shaping up pretty neatly. And um, there's like a, a an element of mechanics where you kind of secretly declare what units are doing what. Yep. Um, and then it's kind of like you know revealed that uh, you know what actions those units are taking. Uh, it it reminds me of of a game that uh, 
I really liked from a mechanic standpoint called Robo Rally. Um, if you if you've never played that game, uh, like the the whole premise is like you you your you and your opponent have little robots on either side of this map, and you put together these cards that dictate like how your robot's gonna move and turn and stuff like that on this grid. And uh, you know then when your turn comes around, you both reveal what your your plan was, and your bots kind of go and follow the path um, that you laid out for them. And so it, it was a great level of like planning and then seeing like what happens uh, afterwards once it executes. So uh, it gave me a little bit of feel for that. And I always I really liked that from a game mechanic standpoint. Um, so it's it's going to be neat to see how that translates uh, onto the tabletop for for Warpath. Yeah, definitely. Because they like instantly reminded me of X-Wing. OK, yeah, yeah. That as well. <laughs> so which I enjoyed that one too so I'm all about it This is John Jack from Crippled Fox Gaming, and you are listening to the lovely and talented Rick and Brian on Dead Zone, the podcast. So we've been getting a lot of questions lately about, uh, or at least I've been getting a lot of questions about, what uh, the point's going to be for Firefight and Dead Zone at Adepticon. <laughs> yes, that, yeah. Um, well, it, it's funny because that... People are excited. Yes. They want to get their list built. Yeah, they want to they want to get working on it here, especially for those in the holiday season, have some downtime. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sorry that it's taken me a little bit. It's uh, been in a state of transition uh, a bit as I, I took on a new job and uh, getting on board with that. But uh, yeah, I, how, how is it uh, working for Bands on Labs? Uh, it, it's more of the electrical subsidiary, <laughs> subsidiary. <laughs> um, and, uh, no, it, it's been going well so far. Um, and, uh, but as, as part of that, uh, kind of just now getting around to getting those packets put together. Uh, so the rules packets are, uh, ready to go. They're getting submitted here shortly. Uh, so I feel comfortable <laughs> announcing that uh, fire or we'll do firefight, which is on Friday, uh, which is from uh, th- I think three to eleven. It's gonna be a long one, guys. Um, yeah, but an advantage there because this will be the first time, at least in the U.S., that the guys are gonna have two hours. Yes. So this is uh, we're going to be doing twelve fifty. For our, our total points, we'll be playing on six by four tables. And uh, with that, we will have two hours per game. Um, and with and with a little time in there to break for dinner, <laughs> which will be nice, especially if you're doing the Iron Man of, of doing Armada that morning. 
oh, which, yeah. which some people were. Uh, I, 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 you know, they did it last year. I can imagine they'll be doing it again this year. Uh, so, so it is planned to go a little bit later. Um, but uh, I think, you know, ultimately this will give us a chance to, to really, uh, you know, we, we always felt uh, at the higher point levels when we were going, the more that time crunch really kind of played into how the games were, were going to end. And we, you know, we want people to be able to play their game fully. So I think yep. a, a two-hour block uh, should be should be a good good amount of time for it, uh, and that 12:50 uh, might be our, our nice little sweet spot. You know, we we were at I think we just did a thousand last year at Adepticon. Yep. Uh, we've since done like a 1,200, and so just something a little extra to make it a fun fun matchup. Um, and uh, we'll see how that goes. So so again, firefight is on Friday, uh, three to eleven. And that's going to be uh, at 1,250 points uh, for two hours per game. So hopefully you can uh, get some some playtime in there. We are going to be using command protocols, if that was not obvious. Um, <laughs> and, and I will be sharing some um, announcements probably in the, the Facebook area. And, uh, you know, if I can, I want to... Uh, Probably get some some posts up on on Mantic's site leading up to the event yeah. if I can. Um, kind of work with them on on that front. And uh, yeah, so that's firefight. And yes. So dead zone, which is Saturday. This um, is this is gonna be a big switch because dead zone's never been played on Saturday. Yeah, it's well we did last year actually. Oh yeah, it was Saturday night. Yeah, usually usually it happens in the night, um, but but lately with how the games are are laying out, uh, Saturday morning really fits well, and uh, and so that's going to be from nine to it's like quarter after four. <laughs> that's <laughs> the, quarter after four. O- officially, it says it ends at four, um, but it got a little like fifteen minute time block just to get the award ceremony done. Um, and in there, there is a so there's four games for that. I forgot to mention. So firefight, we're doing three games. Uh, yep. For for dead zone, we're doing four games uh, with a lunch break in the middle. Points, right? 175 points. <laughs> 450 points, right? <laughs> Rick Rick caught me in a, in a in a sleepy deprived moment. Uh, when when he asked me, so what the points are going to be at? And I'm like, oh, you know, 12.50 for Firefight, 7.50 for Dead Zone. And I just, I kept going. And then he's like, wait, how many points for Dead Zone? How many points for Dead Zone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. So the reason why I said 4.50 just now instead of 7.50 is because I tried to make a list. <laughs> I got to 4.50 going, nope. There's nope. <laughs> 750 points of dead zone would be crazy, crazy big. I imagine fight game. Yeah. You're, you're playing a firefight game with, with dead zone minis. Um, with individuals. <laughs> yeah. With individuals as opposed to squads. Oh man. That game would take forever. <laughs> like one round could probably take an hour. Well, you know, we played a game kind of like that, but we'll get back to that later. <laughs> true, true. Um, 
But yeah, so so for the Adepticon uh, Dead Zone game, uh, we've got, uh, as I said, 9 to 415. It's 175 points. And uh, it's, uh, you know, pretty, pretty similar. Uh, I will say um, to since there was some confusion last year and, uh, you know, we just happened to stumble upon the thing that we needed, i.e. our all of our item packets uh, as we were packing up everything. <laughs> Uh, I will confirm now for for everyone to hear uh, that item tokens will be provided for each playmat. Um, my goal is that uh, it will be a preset uh, pack of of items. Uh, we're actually going to be 3D printing them. Uh, we have some some really really awesome STLs that we use, uh, you know, personally for my own uh, uh, games. And uh, I've, I've got a nice little set. Uh, I think we, we did them at uh, the Michigan GT. Um, but I'll have them painted up this time <laughs> since, <laughs> since I have time to get this done. Um, but, yeah, it, it, they work great for the Michigan GT. Uh, I think they're they're really handy to have. Throw them in a little Ziploc bag. Uh, we can stick them with every, uh, at every table. They're, again, they're preset, so we're just going to be doing eight crates. Um and uh, so that that'll help us guarantee everything from the intel, uh, which you know can net you a tournament point to you know the booby trap is in there and and frag grenades and everything like that. There is there is a, a good mix of the items, uh, and they will they will be at each play table. So um, there you go, coach. <laughs> <laughs> items will be in play. Items will be in play. And the, so the games themselves will be running on 75 minutes. Um, that that's worked really well for us in the past. Uh, really haven't had many many games that uh, you know really really like. Oh, we we, we barely got going <laughs> in that time frame. Yeah. Usually you're about over half the players are are done before then, and um, and so especially at 175, uh, I think it'll go really nice and smooth. That's Again, that's kind of our favorite little point level to be at, and uh, yeah, so that's Sweet. gonna be that's gonna be dead zone. And I'm just looking through the the thing at all and see if there's anything. <laughs> we we also had that realization that some of our the tournament packets we've been using for multiple years now <laughs> have, have had weird rules written into them that we were not uh, paying attention to or acknowledging their existence of. Uh, so I've cleaned out that they were holdovers from before we kind of really kind of reworked the packets um, and I had just forgotten to take them out kind of thing. Um, such as, you know, when we switched to a, like a five point uh, uh, tournament points scale for winning the battle, but it says, you know, if your opponent uh, uh, you know, gets ejected from the game or something, you get 20 tournament points. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that, that math isn't adding up. So we got a lot of that, that cleaned up and squared away. And uh, we still have our, our fun little uh, twists. For, so for those that haven't uh, gotten to play in, in the, one of the tournaments that we've run, uh, you know, not only do we have the typical 5-2-1 uh, win-draw-loss tournament point scale, but we also have some extra fun goodies 
uh, laced within on, on the tournament point side. Uh, really simple things that, you know, don't greatly impact the, the gameplay of it. You can still play, you know, the scenario and whatever to win. But we do like to uh, have other things just to, to get a little extra flavor out of it, such as if you discover the intel item, you gain one tournament point uh, in addition to the victory points that you get. Uh, both players can earn that, um, though I suppose if we only have one intel icon now, <laughs> only one player will really get a chance to. Um, but you both have a chance to win it. Uh, so there's if you get a model... Uh, in the enemy's deployment zone, at the end of a round, you gain one tournament point. And then uh, you also get two tournament points if you kill your opponent's commander. So that's a, a fun little twist for Dead Zone. And then Firefight, uh, we actually have a, a similar uh, set, just a, a little fewer uh, uh, options since they don't have intel. Uh but we do have it where you do gain two tournament points for killing an opponent's command unit. You get that once per game. So, you know, if it doesn't penalize people uh, overtly if they have multiple command units. Uh, yeah. You only get it the one time. Uh, that's two. That's worth two tournament points. And then you do get one tournament point for having a model in your enemy's deployment zone at the end of the game only. Because... Uh, with, with how movement works in, in Firefight, as, as Rick uh, <laughs> found out with his uh, with how crazy fast uh, his cyborgs can go at times, uh, it's really easy to just wind up at the end, you know, the other edge of the table, uh, just at the end of a round. So putting it at the end of the game, I thought, was, was more of like an objective kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so so those are the you know rule sets for the Adepticon games coming up at the end of March. Um, really excited for them. I'll be getting the actual um, scenario packets put together as well, so that we can get those out and people can start really playing uh, the scenarios. Uh, to have have to pick them yet. <laughs> but um, you know, if you just kind of look at the ones that. You know, for the most part, are like balanced uh, objective-wise and and deployment zone-wise. That'll kind of be where where we uh, pull from. We don't we don't really for tournaments. We don't really go for the ones that are uh, sadly maybe a bit more narrative-driven or uh, off-balanced, where one player has like an advantage over the other. Yep. So, but yeah, seven hundred fifty dead <laughs> points for dead. <laughs> crazy it was but uh but yeah so um other other little goodies uh that I wanted to to bring up so uh two things and then we'll kind of get into our like our fun little uh section of the show so in the vault uh they they had kind of a naughty or nice elf uh theme going into december and uh kind of sadly that that meant that uh, on the the sci-fi side of things, uh, they put Nastanza in there. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> in the sense that she's the only sci-fi model in there. Uh, but it is it is uh, like her kind of crouched uh, uh, sculpt, um, where she's aiming down her rifle. Um, neat character has has kind of mysterious backstory. Uh, I think. 
I think in the lore it is it is actually written that it's not known if she's an Asterian or not. Though I think she's and at at different points has kind of been categorized as one. She yeah. she was often um, as a like a mercenary, uh, you know, partied with the the uh, taken with the the Asterians and stuff as a living legend for them. But um, but yeah, so uh, really cool model ultimately um but they got a lot more fantasy in there for for this month um which includes some of their their new um you know the twilight kin elves from uh from the kings of war line uh yep. which which are you know brand new so really need to to see those guys hit the vault as well uh i i think the vault has continued to uh be a huge success and boon to uh the players that's or, you know, the gamers that, uh, you know, partake in these across the board. Uh, Armada in particular, you guys, you guys are eating good. (laughs) Uh, I thought it was really cool that we actually got a bust this month. Yeah, that that was also really neat that, um, you know, rather than just traditional, like here's the minis that we use uh, to do something more like a bust where uh, it's, I forget uh, the the specific model. It's a Night Stalker um, model, I believe. I think Banshee, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's more kind of a blown up bust of of that model, and uh, you know, it, it's kind of neat to be able to have the the statues and stuff of some of these characters, especially especially with the detail on them. Like, they're really cool to paint up. Not that I'm very good at painting up things in a timely fashion. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Twilight Kin uh, Navigator. Oh, it's the Navigator. Gotcha. Yeah, that's the actual bust. Gotcha. Very cool. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, as as kind of a last bit of, of newsy news, uh, so Corvus Games Terrain... <laughs> yes a, a sponsor of our show um and uh and a, and a great friend and, and really puts together some amazing 3d uh models uh and i'll mention it now because i often forget to uh you can go to corvus games terrain uh and his website for his online store and you can use uh our our coupon code dz podcast january um, to to get a, a little discount on your your purchases there, he does have a twenty percent holiday uh, discount going on right now um, that I, I definitely recommend hopping on. It's a little bit more than I think our coupon code gets you, but it only lasts till like I think the end of January or the beginning of January, uh, whereas ours should get you all the way through the end of the month. And um, but uh, you know. Always, always great stuff uh, on that store, especially now that uh, his uh, the the Magna Fortuna uh, Kickstarter campaign was a huge success. Had had uh, twelve thousand nine hundred euros raised, uh, or around there, and uh, which uh, he was kind enough. It was close enough that he uh, did wind up unlocking the mining drill. Uh, structure that he he had as a stretch goal at uh, thirteen thousand. Yep. And so like uh, 
hit a, hit a whole bunch of stretch goals, uh, all sorts of scattered terrain and, and other goodies. I think some crystals were in there and, and other stuff like that. The uh, social goals were hit to unlock his uh, his little like sci-fi lab tech uh, goons. And, uh, you know, kind of one of his first forays into um, doing doing miniatures. And uh, and they printed up really nice. Rick uh, got me a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, and you can see them on on the the YouTube video I did. I posted kind of talking about the the Kickstarter. Uh, I kind of show off the the models that I've printed off so far. And um, and yeah, so awesome to see uh, so much you know work getting done on that front. Uh, he's actually got got the email this morning as of this recording that the files are being uh, put together to be distributed. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think it'll be going through my mini factory and uh, and then he's working on kind of the um, assembling the catalog because that's one thing that that's I really like about when he puts together big big projects like this is he includes a PDF catalog that has pictures of all the different, layouts and everything that that are included what (laughs) because it often like there's often a lot of them and so like just kind of knowing you know they're they're labeled in a sequential way so you don't just like looking at the file names you don't know it's like okay this one is kind of the x style like uh scaffolding type structure and this one is more of like the the one cube building that has a door and a big old vent on the back like you look at the catalog you can see that and then it's like oh okay that one is number five that one is number 12. um and uh so he's getting that put together but the files are getting uh all sent out so can't wait to to get our hands on that infested terrain uh, i think that looks really yeah. sweet and uh, on top of that, as as an extra like awesome goodie, there were some stretch goals uh, kind of further down the line that we are really excited for. Didn't quite make the cut. However, he is releasing he really- them. <laughs> He's releasing them individually on his store, so we can get that rock pack and the plant pack that he had as stretch goals. Um, and I think there's going to be even more that uh, that were on that list that he'll be releasing kind of on their own. Uh, so go and use that coupon code to pick those up because uh, it, it's it's just, it's going to be so cool to play Dead Zone like with natural terrain as the terrain. Yep. <laughs> I'm so geeked to get some of that stuff printing. Um, yes. Of course, I'm actually going to be gone for like a week here or a weekend. But- uh, for the next like four or five days, so my printer will be so so quiet. But I need more filament, so. I mean that works. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so that's uh, kind of our our big update from Corvus Games Terrain, uh, who's been a great supporter of the show, and we always like uh, you know when, when when new products come out from him, it's it's always like kid in the candy store. Like it's, it's it's Christmas morning, uh, as they say.
Hey, I'm Chopper. I'm Brian. And I'm Rob. From Mobile Armor Radio. And you are listening to Dead Zone, the podcast with Rick and Brian in the morning. Never heard of it. (laughs) I don't even know who those guys are. This Dead Zone, the podcast hobby table is sponsored by Corvus Games Terrain. 3D printer files for all your Mantic games. And by Acid House Terrain. Foldable cardboard terrain for wargaming and RPGs. And, uh, yeah, so for our next section, uh, we'll kind of count this as our hobby table. Um, That's good because my hobby table is blank. Yeah, uh, Rick's hobby table is down a set of stairs, and <laughs> yeah, when, when you have limited mobility, that's that makes it difficult. And I've been so busy that I haven't had a chance to work on much of anything apart from printing fantasy terrain. Um, <laughs> that I'm handing off to somebody else to paint up. <laughs> so um, hopefully I, I still get a chance to, to paint up some more stuff here um, since football season's starting to wrap up. So won't have need Go to take a, that, that opportunity to, to finish painting things um, while I'm down in the basement watching football. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I digress. Our, our hobby table section, we actually... Uh, wanted to, to take a moment and talk about our top five Warpath products, product lines, releases from Mantic Games. You know, what what has have they released uh, for the Warpath universe that we absolutely love? Yeah. And I realize I've been doing a whole lot of talking, and this was technically Rick's idea. So I will let Rick go first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so yeah, top five. So part of the part of the reason why like this popped in my head because well we're at the end of the year, um, and since we've had the show, just since we've been part of the show, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there were a couple key moments for me personally that just highlighted everything for me when it came to this game. And there it, and it's tough to put it into the top five. Yeah, it really is. Uh, but with it being a top five, I have to see, say my top, my number six on that, just to throw it in there was dead zone second edition. Mm. The reason why that's gotta be a mention is cause well, the release of dead zone second edition is where we met. That is true. <laughs> first demo. That was, that was my first demo of dead zone second edition. So it's like kind of one of those. No, this has got to be said. <laughs> and, and and the first game of Dead Zone I ever played. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, second edition was it was so good. So just a little uh, a little bit of fun recap ish for <laughs> 2023 and previous years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I figured we start with our five and go to our number one. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, so for. And and this is across the board. This is uh, model releases. This is expansion. This is potentially games. Um, so, uh, amusingly enough, I say my number six was uh, Dead Zone Second Edition. My number five is actually Dead Zone Third Edition. Uh, nice. Because of the packaging, because mm-hmm. of thanks to Rob Bergman and his communication with the two of us. Yeah. Like, Dead Zone third edition, like that release was just amazing across the board. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, they, that's my number five. What about you, Brian? So my number five uh, really kind of coincides with uh, around the time that I was really starting to get into to Dead Zone and the Warpath universe, and I had just missed the cut. Star Saga uh, <laughs> is my number five. Uh, the the Arius contract, and uh, you know it, it's not only like a, a fun boy. I I say I missed the cut. I missed the Kickstarter for it. Um, yeah. but it, like, it was coming out right at the time where everyone was looking around like, man, where's like the next really neat, like sci-fi RPG dungeon crawler. Cause yep. like to put it in perspective, like Starfinder wasn't even out yet. <laughs> oh, wow. Like I, I, I distinctly remember like Star Saga and Starfinder coming out right around the same time. Yeah. Um, and that was like the type of game I, I was looking for with that. And so like having having the really cool Mercs and, and the whole Maison Labs uh, really like coming to the scene um, and entering the, the Warpath universe as a, a major faction, um, I thought was really cool. And and especially now that I'm, I've been kind of going through the, the books and, and themselves and trying to play through it, like... Not only is it just a fun game in general, but like the story uh, at its heart, I think is it expands the Warpath narrative in really, really fascinating ways. And it's kind of that sad thing where it's like because people haven't had a chance to to play it as much um, that they're kind of missing out on that front. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like Star Saga is is really cool. If you can get your hands on it, do so. I think you'll really enjoy it. And um yeah, so that's my number five. <laughs> Very nice. So number four. Um, so I, there might be a running theme here for me uh, with uh, Rob Berman. <laughs> um, so my number four was the, the the sneak peeks for me and then the release of the Grunt Bot. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Berman kept pushing that at me because he knows I love goblins. And then they released this grunt bot that looks like a goblin. <laughs> it was such a cool release. Um, I think I have four of them. Oh, nice. Maybe. I, I have, I have at least three. I have a metal one and I have two of the resin ones because I wrote See, a I story about ones. three of them. <laughs> I don't have any resin ones. Oh no, you got the just the metal ones. No, mine are all um, anvils. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're heavy. They're heavy boys. Very nice. Well, but yeah, that's my number four. Well, it, it's kind of funny because that leads into my number four pretty well, uh, <laughs> and and mine is kind of a cheap out in that it includes multiple models. I'd put Mantix Max. Uh, so the Strider, the Stuntbot, the Iron Ancestor, the Spectra, like all of these model kits <laughs> are so – they're such great kits. They look so cool and thematic. Like, like each of them is visually distinct from one another in very specific ways. Um, and, and you know, like this, the Strider is looks like such a workhorse, right? The stunt bot looks like such a scrappy piece of <laughs> of junk that somehow works. 
the Iron Ancestor looks like it's a, a meticulously dwarven crafted uh, piece. And then, of course, the Spectre is this agile ninja of a mech. Um, you know, um, it, it, it all of them across the board, um, I think, are just they just have such a distinct flavor amongst them and they they stand out as as the giants of of the game yes i i cannot argue with that statement at all <laughs> <laughs> uh so then we go to what number three number three three so it was your number four um star <laughs> saga or my number five <laughs> five star saga uh so Part of the reason why Star Saga is number three for me was everything that surrounded Star Saga. Mm. So we had a blast at the old Evo location. Yeah. Um, group of us, when, because I was able to get a copy of it early to do demos. And we played every week. Yeah for a good time and it, it the game was so much fun and and then of course you have you have what's all in the game i mean all of a sudden you have a whole bunch of models that you didn't have access to before um and all of a sudden there's these new releases for dead zone as well mm-hmm. you had the nameless you had the gcps pop and you had Maison labs eventually all because of this board game yeah and of course there was an aberration in there and <laughs> i love my aberrations almost as much as we love mechs <laughs> and and the chovar oh yes the <laughs> Wait, data storage unit the data storage unit which has proven to be a very versatile and useful <laughs> model in both dead zone and firefight uh yeah <laughs> Nice. Uh, so my number three is, uh, you know, shout out to Jeff Burbage because Dreadball Second Edition slash the Magnetar Circuit. Um, I I I absolutely love Dreadball. Uh, Jeff had had introduced it to us, and and I was hooked like right away. At first, it was one of those things like, oh, here's here's another Mantic line where I can get some Reb models. <laughs> I can I can get some Spear uh for for my my ribs um but it, it quickly turned into uh you know not only a love for like this really fast-paced sci-fi sports game uh which which blew me away because i i was not into sports games uh prior to that point um but also just like how it, it influenced and and exists within the warpath universe like yeah it, it's you know, you look at some games where you have kind of those offshoots. Uh, like I look at the the Warhammer side of things, and I see uh, Blood Bowl and everything. And there's this disconnect in my head. I'm like that that and the main game can't exist together. Like like the there there's there's a dissonance uh, of that. Dreadball fits perfectly within the universe that it exists in, which is the same one that dead zone exists in the same one that firefight exists in. Um, and, and like, so it, it's the, just that novelty of this is a, a sci-fi sports game run by mega corporations to please the masses. 
just it fits right at home uh on top of being a really fun game and and like looking through um you know one of the things i i did uh this year was i went back and i looked through all like the early first edition um rule books and stuff like that which were chock full of lore including uh a whole bunch of the stuff for dreadball like the the first edition dreadball books and when they they introduced factions and everything and and how much writing went into crafting you know how this particular team exists within you know the greater ecosystem that is uh the the gcps um and yeah it's just a really fun game magnetar circuit uh was i think a fantastic addition on top of second edition's rule set like second edition is just such a clean rule set um to, to the point where it kind of struggled i think to like have a you know what what do you do next for it because it, it's just so good <laughs> yep um whereas you know the magnetar circuit really introduced some some fantastic evolutions of concepts uh such as the historical games which uh you know are, are a great way for people to experience what a league game is like without having <laughs> to do a whole league <laughs> uh yep. to get there uh, leagues are, are a blast themselves, but they can be a lot of work. Uh, so being able to just kind of jump into historical matchups, I think, is a fun a fun time. Uh, the and then the the different uh, pitches, like the themed pitches that have you know uh, different events and stuff going on that you have to pay attention You're to. You're in the sky. You're in the sky. You can get knocked off and die. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I can rant and rave about uh, my love of Dreadball. Uh, <laughs> till, till the cows come home but uh so that's that's my number three um and i i do hope we get to see some more love for that that particular game yeah. line uh in the future so number two so i'm not surprised uh that our lists are fairly similar <laughs> um and again, it's it's Rob Berman's influence on me. <laughs> so just before the model released, I would get a random picture of an arm, <laughs> part of the leg, the very top of the head for the Spectra. <laughs> the Spectra release was, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what Rob said to me. It was something along the lines of this is the Brian and Rick release. Yeah. This is the model that the two of you are going to love the most. <laughs> and it, obviously we love our Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how sleek the Spectra is. Like, it, it's such a gorgeous model, whether you're using the sword or the pistol. Um, mm-hmm. it, and, and I absolutely love the release of that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean the Spectre was my number two. <laughs> no, I, 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 it's it's a thing where I kind of feel bad. It took me so long to get one. <laughs> I, I just had like such a backlog of things, um, but I, I have one now, and I, I need I need to get that that put together. I'm only like finally getting around to doing my hysterians. So well, you know. Um. Uh, so my my number two is. Uh, Firefight 2nd Edition. Uh, <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> uh, I it's it, it's that thing where like I remember uh, first edition of Firefight. It, it came out as you know as an offshoot of the Warpath uh, game that they were working on to be kind of this middle ground, um, uh, uh, in, in scale between Dead Zone and War, and Warpath. Um, and uh, you know it was it was a rocky game. Like uh, I remember playing it, uh, trying it out. And it, it just didn't quite click. Like, there, there were things about it that just didn't quite feel right. And um, and so, like, the fact that Mantic took that feedback, and rather than just going, it's like, you know what? It's not worth it. Like, there there won't be a game between Dead Zone and, and Warpath. They, yes. they took that feedback and was like, okay, if we were going to, if we were going to, you know, take, take the time on it, take in in that feedback from people let's make it a game based on d8s uh you know to, to start setting our you know, really set ourselves apart from uh the other sci-fi skirmish games out there because or, or you know it's not quite it's a level above sir I, I forget what the label for that just war game i guess um but you know that that specific level of of tabletop game uh and I think they really uh, knocked it out of the park with second edition. You know, it, it, it won game of the year the year it came out. Uh, I think there's a strong chance that with the command protocols, um, they might win it again. I forget when that actually, uh, uh, that like contest happens or that uh, poll. But, um, you know, it especially with the command protocols, it, it uh, shaved off a lot of the, the rougher edges of the game. I think I think it really sings now. Uh, the the factions really feel distinct from one another, and really- and it, it just it plays so smooth. Um, so it, it's great to see um, you know that that game really kind of get that second look, that second chance at life, and yeah. and be very successful too. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Firefight Second Edition is mine. <laughs> All right. Number so that one. goes to number one. Oh. Uh, so. the <laughs> world. I want my two dollars. <laughs> so, my number one was kind of a three-month extravaganza, really. Um. So we had started. We had a really, a really large group here in Lansing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, we were playing constantly, uh, and we were so amped when Outbreak came out. Mm-hmm. The Outbreak expansion it introduced so much to the game, and it was around that same time we decided to do a campaign as well. Yep, and then to top it off with that, we go to. Jitcon. Yeah. Or just for Mantic Night. Mm-hmm. But a whole crew of us go. <laughs> we all had Outbreak shirts made. Yep. We had uh, extra ones for uh, Ronnie mm-hmm. and Martin. Yep. Uh, it just, it, so for me, the, like when it comes to a release, it, it's more than just the product coming out. Mm-hmm. It's everything around it. 
in what we did during the outbreak release, like that was probably the highlight of the Warpath universe for me for the last five years. Yeah. No, that that was a a great uh, great addition of the game too. Like that was that was second edition getting uh, uh, the the upgrades that it needed. Um, yep. Uh, between that and, and you know the Nexus I uh, expansions, like that game was was rock solid as well. Uh, but yeah, Out, Outbreak it was so much fun to to do that campaign. I rem- I remember our buddy Michael uh was was the newest player and just stole the show <laughs> just dominated with missile launchers yeah uh enforcer specialist with missile launchers and i think solid he got solid was his uh upgrade for him so he couldn't be knocked over um <laughs> it was just ridiculous yeah yeah he was but it, but it was that that climax too because we had that huge game mm mm-hmm. So when we were talking about 750 points of yeah. Dead Zone, <laughs> we attempted to play this multiplayer huge into the campaign match with all of us. Yeah. And it was, we got through one round. Yeah. and Because there was so much going on. There was, there was a lot going on. <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. That that was a, a huge blast to, to play and and be a part of and and just so much fun like it, it was a great community moment centered around you know this awesome game called dead zone yep so now the drum roll for you yeah. number one number one for brian rick i'll, I'll give you a guess <laughs> i'll give you two guesses but you're only going to need one <laughs> <laughs> What the revamp of the Rebs? <laughs> My number one is the Rebs. <laughs> the, uh, this Rebs. This was the faction that I was immediately drawn to when I first got into Dead Zone. Yeah. Uh, the just the the nature of this this ragtag band of different aliens coming together to. F- you push back against their corporate overlords and, <laughs> and you know, fight for, you know, peace, justice, and I guess the, the American dream in space. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's, like I said, the, you know, the big Firefly Starcraft kind of influences I had going into the um, yeah. uh, dead zone and everything to have this faction that was, you know, you you have this hammerhead shark species. You have these giant teleporting turtles. Uh, you've got these dudes with four arms, guys with wings, uh, weird little purple dudes <laughs> that walk on their on their arms and shoot with their legs. Uh, the little like you know space monkey lions. Uh, you know, it, it was it's just such a creative faction. Um, that like I immediately is like that there's stories to tell with these with these models. Uh, so so I it was from the get go for you. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I dove in the list. <laughs> I dove in second edition. Rebs were a little tough to play. <laughs> Not gonna lie, but it didn't stop you. It didn't stop me though. 
Uh, and uh, so after many, many uh, months of losing, I think I finally won. <laughs> uh, I, yep. I took them I took them to Adepticon and uh, the one year and I did I did really well. I think I think it was my first game against coach. I just got decimated. But um, but otherwise, like I, I kind of finally found the groove with them. And uh, and then, you know, especially with the expansions in second edition, they really took on, um, you know, they, they they got a little bit more balanced and retooled. Uh, had a lot more things that they could do. And then Star Saga. And Star Saga with uh, <laughs> all, all the, the models that came from that expansion. And, yeah. Stupid apes. <laughs> the Alpha <laughs> Simians are, it, it, it is always a toss-up for me. Like, I love the Alpha it, the Rebs are a faction that I struggle to make lists because I love them. Like I love all take the models. Everything. I want to take everything. Um, they're all like they all really jive together, especially now in third edition. I think I think the only <laughs> really give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I feel like the the only thing kind of missing now is kind of that. You know that next step for the Rebs, because uh, they the Star Saga was kind of the last run of like new models for them, yeah. um, and uh, there there's still there's still places that I think that faction could go. Um, I, I it'd be really fascinating to to see something like uh, what they did with Nexus Psy come back, where it was uh, the elite lists. And yep. uh, you know, having having themed lists. So so for those that that never got to play that, uh, so the elite list was basically a a restructuring of what lists what uh, units you have available uh, to to build your list around. And for instance, the Reb one was you would have a a sphere leader uh, who who was I it was specifically. Uh, um, uh Nikolovsky. Yep. And uh with the whole point being and you could take survey drones. Uh <laughs> and, and a whole bunch of like you still get troops and stuff. But I, there was a, a I think at the time you could take other sphere units as troops was another yep. kind of bonus. Um I think that was even before the sphere hunter model had had shown up. So it was I think you could it take was. the 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 sphere lancers as troops, uh, which is cool. But then it was also that you could take survey drones that had boom three on them. Uh, Cause the whole thing with her character is she's a full on, you know, terrorist. <laughs> she, she will suicide bomb survey drones into, into places <laughs> and blow them up. Like, uh, yep. so, so like that was just such a great flavor. Um, uh, for the the game and and I, I I'd be really excited if third edition did something like that and I, I think there's a lot of opportunity to do it as well um, but yeah so if it was probably <laughs> obvious to everyone but the Rebs were my number one warpath thing <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you guys have uh, a top five list of, of models or units in the warpath universe, or things that you just love about it, 
uh, feel free to, to reach out to us in our, the comment section yeah. up on, on YouTube or on Facebook, all of our social media platforms. We love to hear from you guys. And, and especially, you know, there, there's, there's so many honorable mentions in this list. Like, like oh, I, really? I love the Forge Fathers as a faction because of just how thematic uh, their, their faction is. Like, they just stand out as the space, like the space dwarf faction. Yes. And all, and <laughs> pretty so, much all uh, uh, tabletop gaming right now. Like they are my, if, if someone said, you know, what point to me, a space dwarf, Forge Fathers <laughs> all, all the way. Uh, yep. <laughs> Hey, if you're looking for Dead Zone the Podcast, check out every social media platform because you're probably going to find us. Just look us up, Dead Zone the Podcast. Um, but yeah, so so that's uh, that's kind of a, a wrap on on our top five lists. And yep. as yes. as kind of uh, as we kind of close out the show, you know, once again, have hope everyone has a safe holiday. Uh, the show itself, we are really hoping to uh, get get a little extra. Uh, uh, effort kind of going into this this next year. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's kind of a constant uh, thing where we're working to improve the quality of the show. Uh, you know, coming from uh, the audio side, trying to get some some better mics for us, which I think I might have more opportunity to do that now. Um, because it it is it is uh, kind of the unfortunate thing is like with my new job. It means I won't be commuting as much to uh, Lansing, where where I can uh, go and hang out at the at the Thunderforge studio, um, at least on, on a more regular basis than I would like. Uh, still planning to to get together, obviously, but uh, you know that schedules are now kind of having to line a little bit differently than they used to, and uh, but that means uh, I would really love to improve the quality of like my recording at home. So when we do kind of our remote records, uh, we still kind of have that same level of quality that we have when we are recording in the studio. And, uh, and as far as YouTube as well, we're definitely uh, pushing to get some more YouTube content and some videos out there. Uh, we hear, we hear it from the, the community kind of constantly really is, is people are getting into the game. They want to see firefight battle reports. They want to see, uh, you know, dead zone. They want to hear how people build lists and, and all sorts of stuff like that. And, you know, that's, that's definitely at the core of, of our show. That's something we want to pro- be able to provide to people. We are dead zone, the podcast. Uh, and, um, you know, we, we love this game and, want to help that community uh you know grow and continue so yeah i think that i realized i talked a lot during this episode rick what you, do you got going on <laughs> rick hasn't had a lot going on i mean <laughs> like so yeah i mean the only thing i got going on is the fact that i i made it downstairs to get some stocking stuffers for my nephew. <laughs> well, 
Well, you got to play with uh, with him on uh, the Thanksgiving yes. break. For Thanksgiving, I got to play. Um, I I would not be surprised if uh, come this weekend, Christmas. So we do a big family thing, and I would not be surprised if me and David sit down and play some Dead Zone again. That's awesome. Yeah, if uh, if you get a chance, uh, you know, break out some of these games uh, with with those favorite family members that you have. It's a it's a great time of year. Uh, to to stay inside and play games. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, but uh, I think I think with that that'll that'll put a cap on our our Deads on the Podcast episode 151, uh, <laughs> and and a wrap for 2023 for us. So as we roll into the new year, uh, I'm Brian. I'm still Rick. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Dead's on the podcast. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. As we oh. start changing up how we end the show. <laughs> yeah, we change things up all the time. What are you talking about? So I'm so, like, I can't wait for Christmas. I want to see what's in Dungeons Saga's origins so bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's under the tree for me. Ah. So I did the Kickstarter, and... Um, Michael jumped in with me because he wanted the hero pack. Mm-hmm. So the box came, gave him the hero pack, and Val took the game. <laughs> she took it. She took it. And it's wrapped, and it'll be under the Christmas tree. And I'm like, all right, now I just got to wait. And everybody's posting all these things. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> you're so bad. Yeah.